This spot is brought to you by Eaton Vance, the symbol of advanced investing. What's inside your ETF? With Parametric Equity Premium Income ETF, you know. Inside, you'll find institutional expertise from a specialized team with deep derivatives experience. Get to know what's inside PAPI, the symbol of alternative income, at eatonvance.com symbols. Before investing, prospective investors should carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. The current prospectus contains this and other information and is available at eatonvance.com. Read the prospectus carefully before investing. Not FDIC insured. Offer no bank guarantee. May lose value. Not insured by any federal government agency. Not a deposit. Investments involve risk. Principal loss is possible. Distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LLC. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the participants, not of Reuters News. We are prepared to tighten policy further, if appropriate. We're committed to achieving a stance of monetary policy that is sufficiently restrictive to bring inflation sustainably down to 2% over time and to keeping policy restrictive until we're confident that inflation is on a path to that objective. That was Jerome Powell, chairman of the Federal Reserve, speaking this week about his decision to hold rates steady and crucially cut rates three times next year. So what does this change in tack mean for the US and beyond? Stay tuned for this week's Views Room. Welcome back to the Views Room, a podcast from Reuters Breaking Views, where columnists from around the world talk about the big stories of the week. I'm your host, Amy Donlan, coming to you from London. Central bankers are at a crossroads. On Wednesday, Jerome Powell held interest rates in the range of 5.25% to 5.5%, but investors will be far more focused on his promise to make cuts in 2024. Similarly, the Bank of England and the ECB held rates steady despite relatively high inflation in the UK. Maintaining the status quo makes sense when inflation is easing and there are concerns about the overall health of the economy. But are investors preparing for even more cuts? And how will this new phase of policymaking affect the world and companies? Here to talk me through this evolving situation is Peter Tal Larson, Global Head of Breaking Views, and Francesco Guerrera, our Global Editor of Economics. Welcome, Francesco and Peter. Hi, Amy. Hi, Amy. So this was, yeah, this was this was big, Francesco, uh, yesterday with the Fed. Um, I mean, I think a lot of people obviously expected them to hold hold things steady, but obviously the the cuts and the volume of cuts is, yeah, is quite a change. So I just wondered, yeah, if you could talk me through, what do you think Jerome Powell was looking at? What was the the Fed looking at that that made them signal this to to everybody? Well, it's very interesting. I mean. Jerome Powell in the press conference afterwards talked about uh, the risks of, and his words, hanging on too long. But hanging on too long, he meant having a monetary policy that is too tight. The Fed has increased interest rates to multi-year highs uh, to, to, to fight inflation. Uh, a, a monetary policy is too tight that chokes off economic growth. So the Fed seems hell-bent in avoiding a recession in the United States, right? And so in order to do that, they need to ease monetary policy before, even before inflation hits their 2% target. And that's why they are promising now, or hinting at uh, three rate cuts uh, next year. Uh, and that's um, and, and that's a, a big departure from the Fed that we hadn't seen them or heard them saying that before, uh, and, and something that the markets uh, welcome with open arms. Yes, and I mean Peter, this obviously is slightly at odds with what we're hearing from the ECB and the Bank of England. So what what do you think is is the big difference there, like that in, in Europe and and the UK that they're they're unwilling to give those kind of signals about rate cuts. Well, um, I mean, the Bank of England is in a different position because inflation in the UK is still much higher, over 4%. Um, 
and so uh, so so they don't really have as much leeway to to cut rates um, at the moment if they're going to try and if as long as they're sort of still sticking to this two percent sort of target which they claim they are sticking to. Um, the ECB is slightly different because um, uh, the ECB does seem to, the inflation does seem to be coming down much more quickly in in the eurozone, and yet the ECB is still sort of holding the line on on rate cuts. But I think the other interesting thing about all of this is that you know you've got to look at this in slightly in a, in a, in a longer context. I mean, you've got the, all the big central banks really underestimated the scale of inflation after the the pandemic. Um, you know, and then and then exacerbated by the war in Russia, they thought it would be te- temporary, transitory. Uh, it proved to be much stronger and much longer than they than they thought. They then sort of respond, have been coming late to the party, responded very quickly by raising rates very rapidly, um, uh, and then sort of and, and making all kinds of sort of you know strong statements about how they were going to hold and they were determined to get inflation back down again. And now what's happened is. At least in, in, in the US and also kind of in the Eurozone, inflation is on the way down. Um, it sort of happened without a big uh, increase in unemployment, the sort of usual methods that might that might lead to a, a decrease in inflation. And so now the banks are sort of, you know, the market's basically saying, we look looking at this and saying, we think rates are going to come down faster than the central banks are saying. And once again, you've got the possibility, we'll have to see how this plays out, but you've got the possibility of once again having the central banks playing catch up on the way down, just as they were playing catch up on the way up. Well, this is it, Francesco. And you were writing about this this week, about this sort of the standoff between the central banks and investors. And I'm curious, what what do you, what are what is the market? What are investors sort of pricing in? So there's three cuts announced, but how what are they expecting? Because they seem to be sort of, as Peter said, they're sort of ahead of 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 the central banks. Yeah, I mean, the, one of the kind of the, the market's uh, cliches, right, is always don't fight the Fed, right? I mean, that's the one thing that every investor learns, you know, when they are in investor school, in investor's kindergarten. And yet the markets have been doing just that uh, for the past few months. They're fighting the Fed in the sense that they are essentially saying to the Fed, we don't believe you. We think you will have to cut, as Peter was saying, we'll have to cut uh, much more quickly and much more deeply than you are saying. And they were saying that before even the Fed started talking about rate cuts. Now that the Fed is talking about rate cuts, the investors, as we said, the Fed is promising three rate cuts. Investors, if you look at derivatives prices, are pricing in six rate cuts next year. So they are, if you like, upping the stakes in this, you know, standoff with the with with, with the central bank and say, actually, you know, we think that you will have to do much more than you say. Uh, and in fact, we are betting on that. And this is having ripple effects throughout the market. So yesterday, the S&P 500, uh, the most important uh, stock index in the U.S., reached uh, an all-time high. Uh, We are seeing the dollar weakening because we're expecting interest rates to be much lower next year. So we're seeing uh, that markets and investors are putting their money where their mouth is and trying to um, extensively, heavily betting on uh, much lower interest rates in the U.S. at least next year. It's really interesting. I mean, Peter, is there like a sign then that maybe the the U.S. economy there are you know flashing red signs as to as to what's to come? Well, I, I think that's that's another interesting aspect on this is that there's there's not a huge amount of agreement about what's why inflation is coming down, um, and sort of you know you can you can you can look at it two ways, right? On the one hand, you can say well. We had this sort of inflation spike, and then you know that's kind of worked its way through the system. And these rate hikes have helped to maybe cool the economy down a bit. And now we're 
sort of going back to some something closer to a steady state and the and the sort of you know the inflation scare is 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 possibly ending or you can look at it and say um you know the the, the, the u.s economy has been running on fumes uh, all the money that people have accumulated in the pandemic has basically been spent. Uh, the, the effects of higher rates are coming through. They take a while to come through, but they're coming through. You're seeing an increase in corporate bankruptcies and so forth. And that actually what you're looking at is an economic slowdown and, and even possibly a recession. Um, so it's, you know, I mean, I think we can we can definitely observe what's happening with inflation. We can observe what's happening with interest rates. We can observe how the market is sort of is 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 responding to all of this. I mean, ten the, the yield on ten year U.S. government bonds in the past six months has gone from below four percent to five percent, and now back down to to below four percent again. I mean, it's quite a you know, that that's quite a that's quite a move. Um, and um, but but what you what there is less agreement on really is whether this is is this kind of you know getting things under control and then and then we kind of carry on as we were before the pandemic or is this actually uh an impending sign of a severe slowdown that is then going to you know that whereas actually next year we may not worry be worrying about inflation at all we're we'll worrying about a recession absolutely and so i mean looking at francesco i mean if if the fed was behind are the ECB and the Bank of England, are they, I mean, bearing in mind, obviously, that inflation is still high in the UK, are they likely, I mean, will they be pushed or will they be more likely to make cuts in the ne- in the nearer future, I suppose, than what they're saying? I think the ECB is more likely to have to do that, right? So the ECB rhetoric is still very strong against rate cuts. Uh, the job is not done and so on and so forth. Uh, we should not lower our guard, Christine Lagarde said at the press conference uh, on Thursday. Um, and so um, the reality, though, is that if you look at their own uh, ECB economic forecasts and inflation forecasts, you can imagine that in early next year and possibly in the second quarter next year, they will be faced with a situation where they have to lower rates, partly because inflation is now converging towards the 2% target and partly because economic growth is very, very weak. There are some big economies in, uh, in in Europe, in the Eurozone, not least Germany, the biggest one, uh, who are which are flirting with recession, if not already in a recession. So uh, the ECB will have to look after that as well. The Bank of England is in a much more difficult position because it's effectively looking at a stagflationary environment. So zero economic growth, like literally zero percent economic growth in the UK and very high inflation. So cutting interest rates at this level of uh, uh, inflation is very dangerous because we could reignite inflation. Uh, but at the same time, uh, it's a foregone conclusion that the UK will enter a recession next year. So the Bank of England is of the major central bank is the one that has the most difficult job at the moment. Mm, a tricky situation indeed. Uh, well, listen, thank you very much, Francesco, Peter. A fascinating discussion. Thanks, thank you, Amy. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast was produced by Oliver Tashlich in London. Subscribe to The Views Room and our sister podcast, The Exchange, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Catch up with our latest views and much more on BreakingViews.com and on X, where our handle is at BreakingViews. I'm Kim Vanell. Join me every morning for a roundup of what's happening at home and around the world. From the front line in Ukraine. Extraordinary how these people adjust and uh, even laugh when you take cover. 
to the heart of U.S. politics. When Trump said that he expected to be arrested, it seems like he was trying to get ahead of the story. We bring you everything you need to know in 10 minutes. For your essential daily briefing, follow Reuters World News wherever you get your podcasts. This spot is brought to you by Eaton Vance, the symbol of advanced investing. What's inside your ETF? With Parametric Equity Premium Income ETF, you know. Inside, you'll find institutional expertise from a specialized team with deep derivatives experience. Get to know what's inside PAPI, the symbol of alternative income, at eatonvance.com symbols. Before investing, prospective investors should carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. The current prospectus contains this and other information and is available at eatonvance.com. Read the prospectus carefully before investing. Not FDIC insured. Offer no bank guarantee. May lose value. Not insured by any federal government agency. Not a deposit. Investments involve risk. Principal loss is possible. Distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LLC.